This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, people with a dog. Happy 2024. We made it. We made it. Another trip around the sun. I sound like such a cliche. Um, (laughs) I hope you guys had a good holiday season and New Year's. I hope you really like binged on TV, books, food, alcohol, whatever. Like I hope you did all the binging of all your vices during those last like two weeks or so of December. Because I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to flip the script in the new year, I've decided. (laughs) I finally am hitting that like, okay, I can eat a salad kind of point. You know that feeling where you like inundate yourself a little too much with good things? Like you spoil yourself a little bit too much that you're like, okay, I I could go to the gym. Or like, okay, I should probably leave the house and go for like a good long walk with my dog. Whatever it is. Maybe you're the opposite of me. Maybe you're not a lazy bum and you're like, I spoil myself by going on tons of hikes and walks with my dog, which in that case, great for you. But for me, I needed to like really just like rot in bed and on the couch for a while and like eat fast food and way too many Christmas cookies and drank a lot on Christmas Eve. I needed to do all that so I can then enter into January, (laughs) into 2024, happy and willing to get back to like a healthy, nice routine, you know, quote unquote healthy, but like a good routine, healthy for me. So that's where I'm at. That's what I'm looking forward to in 2024. I think Ashley, Charlotte and I are going to do a little 2024 resolutions, things we want to do with our dogs as well as individually. We're going to do some kind of episode like that this month. So I'll go in deeper on what I'm thinking for this year in that episode. But for now, This one is actually kind of a reflection on the past episode. I was going to start this year off with almost like a compilation, 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 compilation. Oh, Lord. Um, (laughs) I've been rotting too much. My brain is rotting away. Um, An episode that had clips from a lot of my past episodes where I've asked the guest, you know, at the end, how I always ask the guest, either what is your favorite thing about life with a dog or why do you choose life with a dog? So I was going to kind of like put a bunch of their answers together in different clips and, you know, make it like a little reflection on the past and just start the new year of like life with a dog. If you want that episode, definitely let me know. I can still do it. But I was worried it would get a little redundant um, of an episode. And so I was like, well, how can we still look back on all the amazing with a dog episodes I've had but make it somehow, you know, still really like valuable content or interesting for you guys to listen to. Albus. Hi. Wow. Wow. That was nice of you. Can you go lay down, please? Go to your bed, huh? My dog, Albus, just busted in to the room, (laughs) into my little podcast studio. He just got back from his walk in the rain. And I think, oh, okay. Okay. And now he is licking himself. Bro, We're really starting off 2024 episodes strong, guys. (laughs) This is real life. This is real life with a dog. Where was I? I was going to do the compilation episode, decided 
Instead, before we, you know, really get into this new year with new guests and new great discussion topics, I wanted to take a second to look back on some of the episodes, some of the guests that we've had through the years. And it was really, really enjoyable for me to actually go back through over 150 episodes and just reflect on everything I've learned from these guests that we've had on. As you guys know, I've worked in the pet industry for many years, you know, between vet, shelter, dog food company, dog walking, dog sitting. I've done a lot. And also, I've been podcasting for almost four years. Like this April will be year four of the podcast. So I think sometimes all of that knowledge can tend to bleed together. So it was really enjoyable to me to not only go back through all these episodes and kind of pay homage to these amazing guests that have given their time to come on the podcast, but also just look into each episode and like, oh, what have I learned from these people? And what have I learned from these episodes? And and maybe those lessons that I learned is something that you guys would find useful in this coming year, in this 2024 as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm really excited. Let's get into it. I have 10 lessons I've learned from my podcast guests. And as I'm referencing these episodes, I'm just going to say like the name and maybe their dog's name or or their Instagram handle. But what I'm going to do is if you want to reference any of these episodes yourself, if you want to go listen to any of these, or maybe you missed it or want a refresher, in the show notes, I'm going to list out like the name of the episode, the person and the date, and maybe the episode number. I'm not going to link it because if you're listening on like Apple or Spotify, it's it's different links. But I'm going to give you all the info in the show notes. If you do want to scroll back and find that individual guest or that individual episode, you can easily do so. All right. Starting lesson one, take more good photos with you and your dogs. This one might seem really simple because we all have our phones on us with a camera. You know, we're taking many photos of our dogs probably every day. I put the qualifier of good photos because I have done a couple of professional photo shoots with my dogs. I did more with Loopy and then haven't really done many with Albie until recently, this past October. I just happened to sign up for like a little mini session. And I realized I didn't have any good, good, high quality family photos of the four of us. Dog Zaddy, me, Lupin, and Albus. I didn't have any of the four of us. I'd never really made it a priority. And then Lupin ended up passing away um, 10 days later. And I just thank my lucky stars that I got that photo shoot done because we were able to get some of him in his old age, but also just like capture the memory of the four of us because it had been the four of us for the last three years, but we just didn't really get any good family photos that weren't like a selfie or like a haphazard one that a family member took. So to reference the guests that are always talking about taking photos with your dogs, first one that we had on, gosh, I think it, she was like episode 25, I believe. I, you'll see it in the show notes. I'm not quite sure. But it was early on. It was still when Izzy was my co-host, like our first year doing the podcast. And it was Allison Shamrell. So she was a photographer, a dog photographer in San Diego. And we brought her on to talk about, you know, just dog photography, being a pro professional dog photographer and, you know, why she enjoys it, etc. In her episode, she really did talk about the importance of doing these type of photo shoots, like an actual photo shoot with your dog, not just a selfie on the couch. And then also Kelsey of Little PNW Pups. She's a p professional photographer. 
We've had her on twice, actually. Once was to talk more about her, uh, the allergies that one of her dogs was experiencing. But the first episode we had her on was kind of just her journey with photography and how she's created a job, like a whole career doing photography, like for weddings and stuff, but also how she's able to capture her dogs and especially these hikes that she goes on because she's very active. She's in outside of Portland. And so she's these beautiful Pacific Northwest hikes and take photos with her dogs on those hikes. And yeah, like kind of memorialize those experiences together. And then last but not least, Charlotte. So everyone knows Charlotte, Charlotte with dogs. She's a sometimes co-host that comes on with Ashley. And we have our friends with a dog exclusive episodes with the three of us. She is also a dog photographer. And she talks about it all the time. She's like, take more photos with your dogs. And she actually makes a really good point of not just take photos of your dogs, but take more photos with your dogs. And she does like a lot of mini sessions for people where it's just getting like some great family photos, just like 20 minutes out in a park or something, wear a cute outfit and just like get some great high quality photos of your family. And if, you, if it's not like a family, if it's not a group, just you and your dog, high quality, good photos, you and your dog. So those are the guests that have really kind of talked about that. And also I can say from my own personal experience too, you guys know when I lived in the UK with Lupin, I mean, we did, I took so many photos together with him. I'm not going to say they were amazing quality because they were on an iPhone, but I like planned my little outfit. You know, this is in the heyday of Instagram, but I was really able to memorialize all of those memories with Lupin around the UK. And honestly, since we've moved back, and granted, there was a pandemic, but I really have not, I have not put that type of intention into photographs with me and Albie or really taking good pictures of things that I did with Lupin or Albus. So that's a long way of saying these guests have been a great reminder of take more good photos with your dogs. That lesson really did get sealed in my mind when I happened to just schedule this October photography session. If anyone's in Seattle, the photographer was Margot McKelvey. She was great. She definitely a really good dog photographer. And so we scheduled the session and then 10 days later, Lupin was no longer with us. And I just, I really think it was like a somehow stroke of luck that we were able to get those photos as a family. So I say that not as a threat of like, you don't know what will happen the next week. You better take a good photo with your dog. But just one, you want to memorialize all of those amazing memories you made with your dog, not just the selfies from a hike or not just the, the selfies on the couch or the picture of just your dog, but not you in the frame too. You want to memorialize your life together. And then you also want to memorialize them in their different life phases too. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two. This one is hard to explain, but basically, I'm just going to say knowledge of purebred dogs. So as you guys know, my background is a lot more of adoption advisor, shelter, rescue. I've only ever had rescued dogs. I've, I haven't gotten one from a breeder ever. And so that was a gap in my knowledge, basically. And that was a little purposeful on my end. You know, I did have a little bit of prejudice, I guess, against purebred dogs and breeders and 
not that I judged anyone. Like, I'm not going to say that, you know, I saw someone who had a purebred dog and I immediately thought they were a bad person. That's not what I mean at all. But in my mind, I was like, that's not my road. Like, I I don't care. I don't want to know anything about it. Like, I am adoption, adopt, don't shop all the way. I think really in this case, knowledge is power. And a few different guests have really enlightened me on purebred dog and breeders and and how it all works and how it can work effectively. That's the main thing, like how it can be a responsible, effective way of maintaining a breed, especially rare breeds. But also part of that education was how it does go wrong as well. The knowledge that I received, one, from that vet, Sean, he came on, this is also like I think within the first year of the podcast, and he's done a couple episodes with us. But I believe the the title of it was like purebreds in crisis or like the purebred problem or something like that. And Sean was a vet that I had worked with when I was in London. He did a really good job of explaining how purebred breeding, like how the genetics gets messed up and how breed standards that are required by like AKC breeding, you know, like the breed standards that these breeders have to adhere to can end up messing up the genetics and messing up these dogs in an unhealthy way. And so once again, I'm not coming at this with prejudice anymore. I'm coming at it with knowledge. So he really did a great job educating in that episode. Also, Ben the Vet, I did an episode with him about brachycephalic breeds. So those are like the stub-nosed dogs, the pugs, the Frenchies, Cavaliers sometimes. And he did a great job educating on how these dogs have gotten to be so brachycephalic, where naturally they may not have been. So he really does go over kind of the pitfalls of this. But also, I think both him, both Ben, the vet, and Sean, they both did a really good job of explaining how great these dogs are and how great these breeds are. And it is circumstances that we're putting into the mix as humans that are really messing up the health of some of these breeds. So that's one side of the coin of this knowledge. And then the other side, I think Charlotte, once again, (laughs) has done a great job of opening my eyes to responsible breeding, as well as many other guests I've had on the podcast. They've really shown me, like, if you are interested in a breed, how you can be intentional about getting those, that breed especially if it's a rare breed. You know, Charlotte's really into that with the American foxhounds and she's mentioned like the silken windhounds before and stuff like that. And so I guess the lesson for me was just knowledge is power. Having more knowledge about this allowed me to reduce some of my own prejudices. That prejudice kind of came from a lack of understanding in that world. Has it changed anything for me? Not necessarily. I think I would have a hard time getting a dog from a breeder just because I've had such great experiences adopting. And that's where my heart kind of is within the dog world. However, I think I have a lot more understanding and respect on how it can be done well, how you can be intentional about it, how many breeders out there are very responsible and they're doing some really, really great work with some of these breeds. And then also the flip side, of course, of how some societal rules, some rules that are being put in place, um, some capitalism, you know, <laughs> puppy mill type of situations, how those are the bad side of purebred dogs and breeding and things like that. So I think that has been re- a really interesting lesson for me. Okay, number three, lesson number three. 
this one's almost like a, a two prong, but essentially letting your feelings slash actions towards your dog take you into a deeper understanding of yourself. And then following that, putting yourself first before your dog. So as I said, that's kind of like a two prong, a little confusing. I really covered this in, with two guests. One was Alexa of Telling Our Tales. Another one was an episode I did with Caroline of Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. So both Alexa and Caroline did a really good job of explaining how they were acting towards their dogs, brought them to more of an understanding about themselves. So for instance, Alexa telling our tales, you know, she kind of talked about how different phases of her menstrual cycle affected how she was feeling about her dog, you know, whether she wanted to walk her dog and play and if she had the energy to do time, that kind of stuff or not, or if she was feeling feelings of resentment. Both Caroline, Alexa, and I talk about that in our episodes too, of kind of like sometimes feeling a little resentful towards your dog one week and then another week being fine. Having those wishy-washy feelings towards our dogs and then also having the reflection of why am I feeling that way allows you to then kind of put your own needs first and be like, okay, why am I feeling this way towards my dog? And in Caroline's case, she mentioned she was kind of jealous. She was like, my dog is selfish 100% of the time and I want to be like that. I want to put myself first. I want to take a lesson from my dog and start doing that for myself. And then in Alexa's case, as well as my own, she was feeling burnout as a dog mom, especially during different phases of her menstrual cycle. And she experiences PMDD, which is something I have too. You can listen to the episode for an ins and outs of that. But it's basically noticing your actions towards your dog, putting it back on yourself and thinking, why am I feeling that way? Why am I thinking that way? And then the result for all three of us, Alexa, Caroline, and I, was really like, you got to put yourself first. Don't just reflect and be like, why am I feeling that way? But take it the next step and be like, okay, how am I going to fix this? And how am I going to put some of my needs first and take really good care of myself so that I can then show up for my dog in a better way and show up for everyone, honestly, in a better way. But you can show up as a dog mom better when you take care of yourself first. So I guess that's kind of the lesson. I mean, that's the, the culmination of those learnings, I guess, would be if you take really good care of yourself first, then you can be a better dog mom. But I think the process of getting there is also a little bit of the lesson. Seeing your actions and your experiences and your feelings towards your dog, thinking about it, why do I feel that way? Do I need to put my own needs first? And kind of coming around that like full circle solution, I think really is the lesson. Okay, lesson number four, dog dental health. So I don't think there's necessarily like a specific lesson here. It's just also the same thing of knowledge. Hard bones, hard plastic things, bena bones, all of those things, not great for your dog's teeth. How the state of your dog's dental health can have a significant impact on other health issues, especially as they get into their senior years. So this episode also was done in the first year of the podcast, and I've referenced it so many times throughout the years. You guys know it's one of my favorite episodes. And it was with Graham, the pet dentist. It's really just a topic that I don't think we talk about enough in dog world and dog parenting world is doggy dental health. And I think just bringing it a little bit to the forefront of our mind of we need to be just as concerned about dental health and safety as we are about other health and safety things. 
this is what I mean how it's not really championed or it's not really talked about in the dog community enough, in my opinion. We're over here like, okay, we need to get the right seatbelt for our dog when they're in the car because what if I get into an accident? I should get the, you know, heavy duty crate or something and put it in the trunk or put it in the back of the car so that they're safe. What about food? You know, are they getting all of the nutrients they need from their kibble? Should I start doing raw food? Should I start doing fresh food? Should I start adding some kind of greens powder on top? Like, I think many dog parents do kind of go through those mental gymnastics of looking into different aspects of their pet's lives and being like, how can I make it better for them? How can I make them healthier and safer? But we don't do that really with dental health. I think because it is a little bit of a taxing thing to brush your dog's teeth every day. Like, Lord knows I don't do it. So I'm not saying that that's what's needed. I think the lesson really is that that is a concern that needs to be brought to the same level as our other concerns for our dogs. We're so concerned of like, oh, they're not jumping on other people and can they sit? Can they shake? And it's like, well, also, what if their teeth are literally being chipped away by that bone that you got them? That's too hard for their teeth. And it may be fine when they're, you know, three, four years old. But when they're, you know, starting to get like nine, 10, 11, and those chipped teeth are causing them actual dental issues in their senior years. And that's why you need to start thinking about that a little bit more regularly than the, you know, every two years dental cleaning. So to reiterate, Graham the pet dentist, the lesson really is just think about your dog's dental health. Think about their teeth. Just as much as you're thinking about that ear infection or the allergies and them itching too much or whatever else, also think, hey, is this antler that I'm giving them, is it actually going to have repercussions for them down the road? Like, yes, it's keeping them active at the moment because they're a puppy and they're driving me crazy. And But is there something a little bit safer for their teeth that I can give them that won't give me consequences when they are a senior dog? Okay, that's number four. Number five. This is a fun one. I don't know how to exactly phrase this, but basically the lesson is lean into the dog lifestyle, the dog mom lifestyle. This was exemplified by my episode, my interior design episode with Emma Shea, as well as my Woof and Wonder episode. I think it was called Dog Poop But Make It Cute with Lita of Woof and Wonder. Both these guests, both these episodes, they talked about how dogs are part of our life. We might as well lean into that lifestyle and make it cute, make it work for us. For instance, the Emma Shea episode on interior design, I asked her, like here, my issue is I have this beautiful house that I've curated because I love interior design and, you know, it's all fun. And then I have this massive dog bed that's like ugly and there's drool on it. And her advice was make a moment of it, like lean into it. And so I have this exact picture of what she said on my Instagram feed advertising her episode. But basically, it's her dog laying on her on her dog bed. And she has a bunch of little picture frames around with like dog pictures in it. And it's almost like eye level to the dog. So it's lower down. But the lesson, what she was saying is like, lean into it. Okay, you have a dog bed. Like that's not going anywhere because you love your dog and the dog's not going anywhere. So lean into it, make it cute. How can you make a moment out of it rather than shoving the bed in the corner and like hiding it from people? Like how can you put those little picture frames there and make it look like a little doggy, you know, room that fits your aesthetic style, that fits the house's aesthetic style 
and something you're not ashamed of, I guess. Not that anyone is like ashamed of their dog bed, but you know what I mean. You know that like you're having a bunch of people over and you're kind of just shoving dog toys away and you're vacuuming up all the dog hair. And then you have this big bed that's like in the middle of the room that you're kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? And I think leaning into the moment of her advice of that is really good. And same thing with Lita of Woof and Wonder. She's the one who has the product called the Poopy Loop. And it's basically like these cute little things that you can put on the leash and it holds the dog, like the full dog poop bag, not the roll, but like the used dog poop bag. And there's a bunch of cute designs that she does. It's like a Starbucks cup and flowers. And and so it's kind of like, yeah, look, you're a dog parent. You're going to be out on a walk and your dog's going to poop and you're going to pick it up because you're a good person. Make it cute. Here's the poopy loop to put into it. Like it's just make it fun rather than something that you're annoyed with. So I think both of those guests were saying very similar things of just lean into it. Okay, you're a dog mom. This is how you're living your life. Make it cute. Like make it fun. Make it something that you're going to derive enjoyment from rather than deriving any negativity from. And if you're someone who doesn't care about if things are pleasing to the eye or not, then that's totally fine. Like if you if you're not bothered by this stuff anyway, then great. Personally, it's a lesson for me because I am that person who grew up with very like clean minimalist parents and then I like pretty things. <laughs> and so sometimes I find that in the dog world things aren't very cute. And so the fact that these guests were kind of saying like find a way to make it cute, find a way to make it pleasurable for yourself, way to make it spark joy rather than spark negativity. I think that's an absolute great lesson. Okay, that was number five. Moving on to number six. This one we all know, honestly. Like, <laughs> I have talked about this so many times and you you guys probably are going to listen and be like, Carly, why is this a lesson for you? You know, like, you know this. But I think these guests really sealed the deal. And that is the importance of pet insurance for your dogs. I'm saying pet insurance specifically, but I know pet insurance is not necessarily cure-all. So we can phrase it differently to say like the ability to finance medical care for your dog should anything happen. And we know I know this. Like we know. But we just had an episode. Last episode was on hospital visits for your dog. And I talked about how I've had to pay a large chunk of money to the vet hospital for a fluke emergency and I didn't have pet insurance and I had to pay it out of pocket. But these two guests, it's Megan of Stumps and Rumps and then Pumpkin Pet Insurance, so that was Dr. Stacy was speaking for them. But both episodes really just sealed the deal, highlighted this is why it's so important to have that financial security or pet insurance. So Megan of Stumps and Rumps, she came on, she's been on a couple times actually, but the re episode I'm referencing is she talked about her dog Coda had like this really severe eye problem. And it was like a tear duct thing. And it was once again, a total fluke. It's not like it was a genetic issue that they could have prepared for or anything like that. Total fluke. She was able to work with some specialists, get some different surgeries, different um, aftercare and recovery because she had pet insurance. And she even says in that episode, no one thinks it'll happen to them, but then it does. And thank God she had a pet insurance to be able to cover these really expensive surgeries, multiple of them with eye specialists and eye surgeons. 
And she was able to do that because she had pet insurance to fall back on. And then also Dr. Stacy with Pumpkin Pet Insurance really enjoyed this episode because it really went into the ins and outs of how pet insurance works and things you have to look for when you're choosing pet insurance, etc. But I really liked what Stacy said with how far medical care has come and how much us as dog parents are prioritizing our dog's health, which is amazing. Veterinarians are able to do most medical treatments that they can do for humans, which means they are able to save more dogs' lives. Dogs are able to get comprehensive treatments and surgeries where maybe that wasn't really an option in the past. Like the machines, the emergency rooms, like everything has been significantly leveled up and also more common and more easily accessible to all us dog parents. But that comes at a cost. So that was her reason for saying, hey, we as vets, we want to save your dog. We want to be able to do these amazing, you know, life-saving treatments. But also people need to pay for it. And that's where pet insurance comes in. Because the average Joe, most of us are not going to be able to pay out of pocket for these intricate medical procedures, which is okay. That's why pet insurance is there. That's why any insurance is there. Just the same as if you were human and you tore your Achilles and the sports surgeon, you know, sports therapy surgeon sewed you back up. No one's going to expect you to pay out of pocket for that hospital stay, surgery, aftercare, $100,000 treatment. No, you have insurance. You have health insurance. And so the same thing needs to be extended to your dog. So that was lesson number six. Lesson number seven. Oh, this one's a doozy and I love it. How does our own upbringing, our own role in society, societal ideologies, how does that influence and permeate into dog culture? So for instance, Cassidy of Ginger Naps. I mean, she has so many amazing examples, but she is a black dog mom. And she has been able to really educate so many people on like what dogs have to do with race or there's a post on her page. It's six ways racism shows up in the dog world, you know, so she's able to reference kind of like wealth and inequality and the wealth gap, especially specifically in the U.S. And I know this comes right, you know, on the back of me saying like you need to have financial security but then also I'm saying, you know, wealth inequality in the country is also making it so that people aren't adopting out dogs to different races because of stigmas against them. And also, you know, there's a significant lack of representation in the veterinary community. One to two percent of veterinarians are black, I think is what she references in there. So anyway, I'm not going to get too deep into the statistics, but she really just points out how the racism really does actually have a role that plays in dog culture. And you don't know until you think about it, until you read the information that she puts out or other creators are putting out. Same thing with Dink Dog Mom. So she's, Dink is dual income, no kids. She's referenced quite a few things, but one, I have an episode with her about the patriarchy that pervades dog culture. As you guys all know, the US, it is an inherently patriarchal culture. So I'm not talking about like men versus women. I'm just talking about like the idea, the ideology of patriarchy. And it does influence our relationship with our dogs. You know, we have this idea that if they behave, then they're good. And this like idea of good dog, bad dog, the words that are used, you know, master, owner, 
the idea, you know, that's very common that dogs exist to serve us as humans, too. That's very common in dog culture as well. As I said, (laughs) all of these ideas are so complex, and that's why it was a lesson for me. That's why I enjoyed these guests and these episodes so much, is because they really were just pointing out things about our own culture, our own society that can then trickle down into even, you know, us and how we treat our dogs or our relationship of our dogs or even just what we think a dog should be. Or, you know, as Cassidy was mentioning, the ideas that maybe you have towards fellow dog parents when you walk by them on the street. And it may not be something that is significant in your life, You may be thinking, like, I don't know if this is really a lesson. I don't know if I adhere to, you know, really any of those thoughts. But it's just something to think about. And I think that's the lesson is more just like, hmm, it's interesting to meditate on things that are just inherent in our society that have also influenced our own thoughts about dog parent life. Okay, I'm obviously very passionate about everything that those women have to say. But moving on, next lesson, number eight. There are different dog training modalities for a reason, and it's okay to explore them. So if you had talked to me prior to this podcast, I would have said positive reinforcement training only. And what has changed my mind to be more open to balance training? This is kind of the same thing as what I was saying about the the purebred knowledge. I think that was lesson two, is that just more knowledge, more anecdotal experiences by fellow dog parents, more education does open your eyes to understanding a little bit more. Morgan of Juno with the big ears, she came on and, you know, talked about when Juno was a puppy. You know, she's had a dog before, she knows dogs, and she really struggled, you know, the ankle biting, (laughs) just like the herding around the house. And she and she really tried a lot, you know, and she was at her wits end until they did end up sending Juno to a responsible, good, qualified board and train program. So I'm not saying that, you know, a good dog, a well-behaved dog equals a better dog, but I think she was able to actually start a relationship, start building a relationship and to be able to enjoy having Juno as a puppy and having Juno as a dog and now live their life many years later with Juno because they explored some different training modalities. And I think the the board and train that Juno went to was a balanced training kind of center. Same thing with Jen of Long Haul Trekkers. So her and her dog Sitka, who is also a, a herding mix, really had a hard time. She really had a hard time with Sitka early on. And you could tell from when she was recounting this story that she was just at her wits end. And that's what I mean by the lesson being learning from these anecdotes from other dog parents who are smart women who just care so much for their dogs. And you can tell they wanted to make this experience with their dogs successful, but they were just at their wits ends. Like you could tell from from them recounting the stories. It was just like we didn't know how to continue. We were doing everything right. We were doing all the training and it wasn't working. And so they had to explore balanced training. And that's what Jen with Sitka did is explore more of like and start working with a balanced trainer in some different training modalities. 
And so I say this not because I'm against or I'm like only balanced training now and I don't think positive reinforcement has a role, but it's once again, it's just knowledge is power. And hearing these stories from these women who were just like so upset that they were following all of the quote unquote rules of training and were not having any success and they had to explore something else really opened my eyes to, you know, I think I think there is something to some different training modalities here. I've always really been fortunate that both of my dogs have been fairly easy to train at home with positive reinforcement. Like I've never, I think I've had a consult with a trainer once, but I've never worked with a trainer really otherwise. And their behaviors that they came with when I rescued them never had a significant negative impact on my life. It was always something I could handle and that eventually worked itself out with me just working with them. And so it was just something that I didn't know. Like I had never been at that wits end, like, what am I doing wrong? My dog is literally driving me nuts. They're unhappy. I'm unhappy. I'm doing everything that I can with the training. And then, you know, these both these women opened their eyes to maybe some different modalities and it was very successful for them. And now they have a wonderful relationship with their dogs. So if you're a dog parent who has been struggling with a behavior of your dog and you have been hesitant to explore some different options. This is me saying I learned that lesson from these guests. And if you need to, here's your permission. Here's your lesson to maybe look into some different options as well for your dog. Okay, nine. Lesson number nine. Don't let dogstagram influence you on how to live life with your dog. So this is a very broad lesson, obviously. But the episodes and guests that come to mind, one was this episode with Pam of Teton Hounds, and it was literally called Don't Let Dogstagram Dictate What You Train Your Dog. And it was basically saying, train your dog for what you need them to do. And this is especially was very big, the 2020, 2021, a little bit 2022, a lot of dog trainers got very viral on TikTok and Instagram, and which is amazing, like great for them. But they were teaching us many things that maybe we don't actually need in our day-to-day life with our dogs. And so the point that Pam was making, as well as I had an episode very early on with From Dusk Till Dog with Erica Gonzalez about recall training. And I think really the message is, what do you actually need your dog to do on the day-to-day and to live life successfully with you? Teach them that and forget about the other stuff or let that other stuff become secondary. So for instance, I think I used this example in the episodes that I'm referencing, but Lupin, my dog Lupin did not know how to sit for the first like three years we had him. And honestly, that was fine. He didn't need to know how to sit. He knew how to go to his crate. He knew how to get up on the couch. I think he knew lay down. But like there was no reason in our life that he needed to sit for something. And I had a lot of hard time like mental gymnastics with that because That's what society or dogstagram or whatever tells you your dog needs to know how to sit. Like, that's basic. He can't do that. Oh my gosh, you're not a good dog mom. And it's like, well, actually, he never needed to. He was a dog who's, you know, pretty aloof and and he wasn't like a crazy running around, jumping up and down. Kind of just stood there and he stayed in place anyway. So, like, it wouldn't have made a difference whether his butt hit the ground or if he was standing, essentially. And so I think that was the message and the lesson that I really, really took away from both those episodes with Erica and then also with Pam of Teton Hounds. 
So that's specifically with training. But I think the lesson of don't let Dogstagram dictate how you live your life with a dog. Haley of my episode with her, Pause and Reflect, she had a great, she really talked about this too, of playing with your dog and just creating more of a relationship and not worrying about how you're supposed to live with your dog and like, oh, you're supposed to travel places and you're supposed to take them to all these breweries because they're dog friendly. And and she and I talked about how it's fine to leave our dogs at home and we're happy with that. And sometimes that's easier. And then also Ashley, my episode with her of why she left Dogstagram. And she had, and you guys know Ashley, you know, she's on at least once a month on the podcast. And she left dog Instagram because it just wasn't fulfilling her. She was kind of like, I get so, I get fulfilled by the people in my life, my relationship with my dog and work. And I don't need this other thing. And I don't need this other thing influencing me either. And I think that's the crux of it. You know, really dogstagram, dog TikTok can tell you that you need to be posting stories constantly about your dog and oh my gosh so and so went on a hike with a dog i haven't gone on a hike with my dog now i feel guilty their dog knows so many tricks my dog doesn't know any look they're they're traveling the world with their dog their dog is flying first class oh my god i haven't even taken my dog 2 hours out the city am i a bad dog parent that comparison game really can do a number on you especially as a dog mom So the lesson is, from all of those guests, don't let Dogstagram influence how you live your life with a dog. Okay, lesson number 10, guys. Every single solo episode I do, I think it's going to be a succinct, efficient episode, and then I end up talking your ear off and over-explaining. Thank you for sticking with me this far. Number 10. Last lesson. This is my favorite, so I saved it till last. And I learned this from every single guest I've had on. I'm going to call out a few specific ones. But the lesson is you can have other interests than your dog and you can champion those other interests just as much as you champion your dog. I think this is really apparent with all the guests that I've had on that have created a brand or an online presence where they combine multitude of interests. So for instance, Emma Shea, it's interior design, but with a dog. Caroline of Dog Mom Mentality, it's mental health with a dog. Alexa of Telling Our Tales, it's menstrual health education with a dog. And one of my favorite, Joel Lee of Must Love Dogs and Comedy. Oh, that's such a great example. Like she combined two of her favorite things of stand-up comedy and dogs has created this business called Must Love Dogs and Comedy. All of these women are just so multifaceted. For me, the lesson is sometimes we tend to box ourselves in to dog mom life, or sometimes we become obsessed dog moms. I definitely have done that. So that's why this is a lesson for me. Early on in the podcast, I really think I boxed myself in to only dog stuff, only dog conversation all the time. And I think some of my other hobbies fell by the wayside. You know, and I'm saying podcasts, honestly, even before that, even when we were in London, you know, I was really doing like travel with the dog and like the dogstagram stuff and pictures with Lupin. And that was wonderful. Like they, those are some of my best memories. But I also didn't really talk about other interests or champion my other interests like reading, like books. It took the pandemic. It took 2020 to happen for me to be shut in the house and not have 
that social life, then go online and see all the amazing girls on book talk and talking about books. And I mean, many people don't know, but I'm like a voracious reader, not just a like, oh, I read like a book a month and it's really fun and I'm part of a book club. No, like I read 150 books in 2023, you guys. That I speed read. It's, I also stay up way too late. And so that's a problem too. Um, <laughs> but so I'm not saying that that's a good thing, the amount of time that I'm spending reading. Um, I think I one of my actual resolutions for this year is to be a little bit more intentional about like the books I read, because some of them that I read this year were very low quality. But what I'm saying is that I I didn't talk about that facet of my life for a long time because I was so obsessed with Lupin and I was boxing myself into dog stuff. So the fact that these amazing guests that I've had on have created these online presences and brands and companies based on a hobby or an interest or whatever that they want to champion as well as dog mom life, that's the lesson. That's the cool thing. And I think we can all do that as well. I think it's also permission to be ourselves and let people see the different facets of ourselves. Personally, having Charlotte and Ashley come on the podcast more frequently as like occasional co-hosts has really allowed me to do that. I'm able to talk about pop culture stuff and makeup and fashion and interior design, like all of those things because I have friends to talk about it with and we don't only talk about our dogs. It's been fun to let you guys see the different facets of myself as well. So I'm trying to take a, a lesson from those guests that have those different interests and not box myself in with the podcast of like, no, 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 Carly, no one wants to hear about the book you read. No, no one wants to hear about the new face wash you bought from Sephora that you really like. No one wants to hear about a new robe you bought. Stick to dog things. Taking the lesson from these guests is that just be yourself. Let others see those different facets of yourself. Let others see the different passions that you have as well. Not only dog, but your life with a dog. Whew, I just came up with that right then and there. Wow. Okay. What an ending. <laughs> what an ending, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really look forward to 2024 with all of you. Thank you for being podcast listeners. It means, honestly, it means so, so much to me. If you guys have any questions, ideas, guest ideas, topics, requests for the podcast, send me a DM. Please, please do. Because a lot of times I'm flying blind and I'm just assuming, oh, I think you guys will like this. But if you actually are like, oh, I think a bunch of people will be interested in this topic or this guest, let me know. And I'd love to make it happen in this year for you guys. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, drop a five-star review or rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening. Follow me on Instagram at Carly with a dog or at with a dog podcast. TikTok is Carly with a dog. If you want to follow my book TikTok too, that's Carly with a book. And I will see you next week on with a dog Wednesday. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. <laughs>all content on the with a dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only it should not replace professional advice treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian trainer or behaviorist